welcome back to Critic Radio. This is Lucy, and I'm here with Hugh and our special guest, Salani Mize. That's saying your name right? Yes, yep, yep. yep. now you've got it right. Very pleased to be here. Great, thank you so much for coming in. Hugh, can you hear us all through those headphones? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. The mics are all picking up, okay? Mics are all good. Okay, we're still getting our head around this. Now, um, our guest Salani is an Associate Professor of Law at the University here, and she is a valuable friend of Critic because she gives us free advice if we've written anything that we think is going to get us into trouble or if we've already gotten into trouble for something that we've published. <laughs> Very handy asset. Yeah, so I'm going to talk with Salani about um, a feature that I wrote that was pub- that's in this week's Critic. And I'll just talk a bit about why I wrote the feature. Um, the feature's called What's the Deal with Christian Science? Um, I'm obsessed with medical history, so when I heard something about a church that apparently um, didn't take med- the people in it didn't take medicine, I thought I'd go along and see what it was about. And it turned out that's not quite true. It's not quite as straightforward as that. And that what Christian scientists actually believe is far more interesting. So I decided to write a feature on it. Um, However, I felt I was being unfair on the people in the church by writing about them when they'd been so kind and welcoming to me. So I ran the concept past Salini, and it turns out she is a member of the church. So she very kindly read my feature, corrected my numerous inaccuracies, and answered a lot of the issues I had raised with the religion, and her comments have, I think, improved my feature out of sight. And Salani has very kindly agreed to join us today to talk about Christian science and the common misconceptions surrounding it. Um, I'll just add that Salani is speaking for herself and not as a representative of the church, but she did used to run a Christian science church group on campus. So welcome, Salani. Thank you very much. Um, would you Could you tell us just a little bit about um, Christian science and the basic premise of the religion, if that's possible? Yes, well, you started with medicine, so so let's start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't that we have anything against medicine or doctors, mm-hmm. uh, and it isn't that we think that God has said don't use medicine or anything like that. Instead, we feel that Christian science treatment is more effective. Um, the religion is based on the idea that God is all in all, and God is entirely good. Mm -hmm. And if everything that really is is entirely good, then where are all of these things that seem to be bad about our world? And uh, the the founder of the religion, Mary Baker Eddy, um, who lived in the United States in the 1800s and early 1900s, looked, she she loved the Bible, and uh, she was a very devout Christian, and she's based it on uh, the Bible and about Jesus uh, and things. But she noticed, as many people have, the difference between the first chapter of Genesis and the second chapter of Genesis. In the first chapter, it, it's like I said, about God being entirely good and, and all in all. You know, God creates everything. Everything is entirely good. Then in the second chapter, you have a very different impression given of God. 
among other things, that, that God is the type of being who likes to walk in the heat of the day in the garden. So it's a very human-like God mm -hmm. that, that gets hot and, and, uh, and gets enraged. And, and um, to cut a long story short, I'm not going to go all the way through Genesis, uh, but we see what seems to be this existence as the Adam dream. Uh, that it isn't real, it's illusion. And part of the reason that we think using Christian science is more effective in dealing with what seem to be the ills of this world, which include sin, sickness, and death, uh, is if it was like a dream that you have at night, um, you're dreaming a bear is chasing you. Well, you might try to fix that in the dream by getting a gun to shoot the bear but you know in in dreams those things don't often work out very well and the easiest thing is just to wake up and when you wake up you see there wasn't ever really a bear chasing you it's not a perfect analogy but it's similar to the way christian scientists see disease and accidents and other things that that they seem to be real uh, but they aren't genuinely real. And so we think using metaphysics and uh, praying to God, understanding our true relationship as God's image and likeness and all is the way to essentially wake up from the dream. And uh, and as you know, uh, it's in the article, I was not raised as a Christian scientist. I, I was raised in a very medical uh, background. Mm -hmm. And uh, I became a Christian scientist because I had this huge, enormous feeling all of a sudden, uh, years after I was first exposed to the religion, that really that it was true. And also I've been able to put it into practice well for myself. And I have found healings of a, a whole number of conditions. Uh, and, and that's the, the reason I'm a Christian scientist. Uh, you know, there's, uh, if it never worked, if it didn't give us joy, if it didn't uh, help tell us how we should live our lives and what we should be doing, I wouldn't be a Christian scientist. Mm -hmm. And you, you told me that you feel like it's made you a happier and kinder person. Definitely. So yeah. it really does work for you. Yes. Um, this, um, I, I still find it the co the whole concept really hard to get my head around. But everyone yeah. I talked to in the church kept saying how it was logical, logical to them, and I, um, I I still don't I still don't understand the logic. But to this group of people, it is logical. It is if you accept the premises. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's difficult uh, if you. If you think that God is everything uh, and God's reality is all that really exists and that God is entirely good, then then from that it all follows on. Now, maybe you don't accept those premises. Atheists wouldn't accept that there is a God. Uh, other people might think that God is some kind of a combination or there's something outside God, like a devil. Mm -hmm. um, and so for them, because they don't accept the premises, they wouldn't see it as a logical sequence leading to that conclusion. Right. That analogy with the dream, um, I, I suppose the difference between a dream that you have at night and then the material world that you see during the day is that 
we all see the same things or basically the same things. So if there's a car crash, it's not just one person who sees it or experiences it. I mean, anybody who, who is there sees the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I could say that some philosophers would quibble about that with you because how do you know that everyone sees the same thing? How do you even know that other people exist? Now, I'm, I'm doing this from philosophy, not from Christian mm-hmm. science, but you just know that from what you see and experience with your senses. So all we have is our senses to experience the material yeah. world. Um, the matrix is another interesting <laughs> I was, analogy. I meant to ask you about the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, several of us suspect that um, the people that wrote the matrix have had some connection with Christian Science because there's so much really? Christian Science in there. Oh yes. I mean, particularly when the person's trying to bend the spoon with their mind and then they can't, and and they say, well, first of all, you have to understand there is no spoon, and. <laughs> very Christian science perspective, you know, because matter doesn't exist. What about um, relationships with other people? I mean, those would be, I'd say, the most um, important things in my life is is just, um, I mean, do the other people exist? Oh, yes. I mean, like I say, I I was just saying that because you knew that other people experienced it the same way, and I was just saying philosophers wouldn't necessarily agree. I mean, we certainly, we believe that God's creation is infinite, Mm -hmm. and uh, that people all have individual identities, and uh, they're all ideas of God. God is the thinker, and we are the thoughts, and there's lesser thoughts, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Animals, I know that some churches don't think animals... Um, it really exist or go to heaven or anything. No, we just see them as less developed, less advanced ideas of God. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that my um, cat's happy animals, that way. Yeah, I feel like animals get a bad rap in, in a lot of religions, so that's really nice. Um, could we get back to medicine because um, we did talk a bit about um, the criticisms of Christian science, yes. especially when it comes to children and treating children. And I think the thing that I, the, the question I really have is why is it that if you choose to get the medical treatment, the scientific prayer doesn't work anymore? Why can't you do both? We just think that material treatment and Christian science treatment are uh, kind of diametrically opposed because they come from different perspectives. If you're taking material treatment, you're kind of believing in matter. Your belief is is giving it more strength. Let me give you an analogy. If you're in Christchurch and you can't decide whether you want to go to Dunedin or whether you want to go to Nelson, so you take one step towards Dunedin, then you take one step towards Nelson, then you take another step back towards Dunedin, and then where do you go? Nowhere. And that's what we see. I mean, if you want to use the churches, is very clear that it's always an individual's choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so any Christian scientist that, that wants to use medical care, that's fine. But what we would say is they should use the medical care and not try to mix it with a Christian science perspective, which is, you know, this matter doesn't exist in everything, because we do think maybe even that could undermine um, so use the medical care and then use Christian science later if you want. No one gets kicked out of the church. No one gets shunned 
or shamed for using medical care because I said we don't see anything bad about medical care. We just think Christian science treatment is more effective. Okay. Um, so, if the material world isn't real, what's the point in the illusion? Why do we see it? Uh, well, you know, that's one, we, we tend to call ourselves students of Christian science um, because it is um, a lifelong study where you get better understanding. And uh, this is one of the things that I am still trying to fully grasp mm -hmm. for myself. Uh, but uh, I think what a lot of people would say is, well, we don't really uh, believe in this dream. You know, I mean, from the beginning, it's just not true. Um, where is two plus two is five? We can, I guess, maybe conceptualize that somebody could think two plus two is five, but it, there's no reality. There's no truth that two plus two is five. And that's the way we would see this apparent mortal existence. Um, in that case, I mean, why why would you strive to achieve anything in the material world? I mean, you've obviously worked incredibly hard to get to where you are in your life, to be a professor of law. It's an incredible achievement. What is the point in that? It's our job to reflect God. Okay, we're the image likeness of God. We reflect God. God doesn't sit around doing nothing. And it's all through the Bible, and like I say, the, the Bible um, is, is a huge part of every Christian science service. Um, and Jesus was very clear um, when he knew he was, you know, not going to be present much longer. He was saying, feed my sheep. And that's interpreted, he washed his disciples' feet. It's caring for other people. And when you create, when you love other people, you're being a true reflection of God. And you get enormous fulfillment from it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah. it's not just, oh, well, I've got to do this, um, or something like that. But that's, that's our nature. That's what we're meant to do. And that's where we get our, our fulfillment. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a lot of joy in a Christian science way of life. Um, I, I love talking about, I could talk about this for ages. Could we do a few more questions here? Is that cool? How's yep. our time going? Good as gold. Oh, great. Um, what was my next question? Um, just getting back to the medicine, in terms of our quality of life and our life expectancy, um, doesn't it seem clear that medical advances have improved our everyday lives just out of sight? I mean, hygiene, clean water, um, don't these things, I mean, how would they be explained from a Christian science point of view? Well, um, I'm not sure I'm getting exactly what your question is. If you're saying, isn't life a whole lot better than it was 100 years ago yeah. or 150 years ago, I don't know because 
I wasn't around then. I, at times you hear that, you hear incredible statistics about how young everyone died and, and how unhealthy they were, but, you know, I've heard to the contrary, too. Uh, and I certainly know, I mean, I really like the evidence-based medicine approach mm -hmm. that we're getting now uh, because even today there's, there's a lot of medicine that is, has never been tested and is just based on, on beliefs. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they definitely thought when they started herding women into maternity hospitals, for example, to give birth, that they were going to improve the health of the mothers and the children, and that wasn't the it case wasn't at all. The case, no, no. <laughs> yeah, um, especially before hand washing. I think. Yes, and yeah. uh, so people meant well um, with medicine, but the things that they have done have not uniformly worked. Now, I'm not going to deny that, to a material sense, uh, a lot of the things that medicine does now uh, have seemed to work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very glad that medicine is there for people that want to use it. But if you remember our perspective, it's, you know, you could do this or you could do that. Uh, like if a doctor said to you, well, you can take this pill and be all better, or, you know, we can irradiate you and, and try to cure your cancer that way or cut it and, and you're going to have all this disability, you'd want to take the pill, right, if, the, if it was as effective. Well, we think Christian science is more effective. Mm -hmm. um, than medicine, and that's why we do it. Um, you mentioned in one of your emails that your your husband and your family aren't Christian scientists. Yes, that's correct. Do you find it difficult? I mean, are there challenges to your faith that you want to talk about, or it just seems like it's such a different way of thinking to what most people go through their lives believing. Is, is that difficult? Um, not usually, actually. I mean, there's an awful lot of people involved in the church um, where uh, only one or two family members are Christian scientists. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some whole families that have been Christian scientists for generations as well. Uh, but, you know, we're really pretty used to having it alongside. And like I say, uh, it's not that, I mean, like if I thought, my husband, who goes to doctors and has surgery and all that, if I thought he was doing something evil, that would really be a challenge. Right, yeah. But instead, I think he's just choosing a health care system that is less effective and, and also, um, at times, uh, I've got to watch. I'm going to get myself into trouble here. <laughs> but, you know, Christian science says, you know, it, it tries to get people to be constantly improving themselves and praying to know more of God's will and reflecting God. So to be really loving. And there are times, too, sometimes with when our children were younger and I'd say, oh, you know, we should just love them. And he'd say, no, they've done wrong. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was maybe more conflict there um, right. and um, in our general approach to the world and and desire to be selfless and things like that. I mean, I find there's a bit more disconnect between myself and my husband on that than there is with the health care. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions here? No, I think pretty well. Um, is there more you'd like to talk about? 
Um, I guess the, the one thing I did want to mention was in the article you say that you went along to a testimony meeting and a yeah. lot of people seem to be unwell. I wasn't at that testimony meeting so I can't comment. But I will say if we go to a doctor's waiting room and you see people that are unwell, mm -hmm. you think, oh, well, that's okay. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to they're yeah. get treatment, they're going to get what they need. Uh, or whatever, and we would see things the same way. People come to our church um, on York Place in, in town um, because they're seeking healing. Right. And uh, we're all, as I say, you know, it, we do believe that Christian science prevents some things from mm -hmm. the beginning, but it's more too that if we get what seems to be a sickness or an accident that the way we deal with it is by applying Christian science so I would never say oh well you'll never see me and 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 not think that that there's something maybe wrong with me or something because there's a lot of things I'm working on mm -hmm. um, and there's things that I've gotten full healings on there's things that I'm still working on on getting healed uh, you know and and that's fine um, I found the Christian science concept of death absolutely fascinating because I, I'm still not quite sure what it is exactly. It's a, could you explain a little bit about? Well, it's, it's not spelled out in great detail, um, but uh, the discoverer of Christian science, Mary Baker Eddy, um, she says that until we understand ourselves to be entirely spiritual, we will seem to be material even after death. Mm -hmm. And uh, like with my dad, uh, who was very antagonistic towards Christian science and liked to get in debates with me, I'd mm -hmm. say, well, you know, one test is maybe when you die, if it's not oblivion, like an atheist would believe, mm -hmm. and uh, you are still yourself, you're, you, you're alive again, but you're in what seems to be a material body. Well, that, that was predicted by Christian science, and and so maybe you should should give some more thought to that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything like reincarnation. Uh, we don't know exactly what happens. We know our true reality is with God, and that we're eternal. Um, we are not um, uh, mortal and temporary uh, and all. And, and that's another reason, too, why, you know, it becomes, I mean, at the very best, medicine will help something temporary now. But we, we're talking about if you live an infinite uh, lifetime, then, then other things become a lot more important. Um, but um, we have to, to move our understanding uh, to a higher plane. Now, Jesus was, you know, he was the Christ. Um, he was that perfect embodiment of what it is to live life as a reflection of God. And his example is what we're all aspiring to. And of course they tried killing him and he didn't die. Um, and uh, ultimately though he did ascend. Mm -hmm. And there's another person in the Bible, I do get them backwards, it's either Elias or Elijah. Um, but uh, who ascends directly into heaven. Um, we believe that that is possible. Uh, but what <coughs> seems to be your experience depends on your current 
understanding, let's put it. Sometimes, sorry, I, I search for a word because it's very difficult to explain these concepts in the right terminology. And if I went back and listened to recording later, I might say, oh, no, I didn't put that very <laughs> well at all. Um, but yes, I mean, we think our uh, our reality is really is entirely spiritual beings present with God all of the time. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to understand that and demonstrate it now. 